Welcome to the Real Faces of Careers in Aging. On the line is Rajan Paul Moon, owner of Moon Consulting and executive director of Minnesota Leadership Council on Aging and faculty director, long-term care administration of University of Minnesota. Hello, Rajan. Hi. So how did you become interested in the field of aging? You know, it's a great question, and it's one that actually I've been asked many times, and I find it really interesting. People don't often ask people who work with kids, what made you involved in working with children and youth? So I always find it interesting when people ask me when I say I'm a gerontologist or work in aging, I always say, well, why did you start doing that? Um, so it's just kind of an interesting tidbit. Um very young in life, um, I'm originally from the Canadian border, International Falls. My family moved to uh, the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, and every summer I would go back and spend time with my mother's mother, my grandmother. And she was an independent woman who lived on her own. She raised her children on her own, always very connected in her community, very vibrant, um, independent. And it really created a positive narrative for aging for me. And if you flash flash forward in my career, I attended for my undergrad the College of St. Scholastica in Duluth, Minnesota. That school is attached to a nursing home. So regardless of what class you're in, you're going to do some type of service learning or volunteer experience at the Benedictine Health Center. And so I ended up volunteering and then I got employed. I, I worked at the Benedictine Health Center and was introduced to a whole nother type of older adult, someone who is a little bit more frail, uh, have multiple chronic conditions, some people with cognitive impairment, memory loss. And that also just sort of enriched my life. So I started taking courses in gerontology. I moved on and got my master's in gerontology. I did an internship with an area agency on aging and a long-term care ombudsman program. I ended up working for the state unit on aging, uh, ended up getting my PhD. Uh, all my studies were really related to aging. So when I look back on it, aging in some way always touched my life. Uh, and I'm just blessed to be able to be part of uh, gerontology, the, the study and the field of aging. Well, wonderful. So tell us about what you're doing right now and why. Sure. So I think I have a pretty atypical career from most people that are affiliated with the Gerontological Society of America or any of the other number of important organizations that participate in Careers in Aging Week. When I finished schooling uh, 11 years ago, I looked back and realized I had never not been in school. Cognitively, I couldn't remember a time when I wasn't in school. And I sort of felt this um, uh, this fear, this role crisis. I ended up doing some interviewing with my mentors, and I decided when I completed my PhD, I turned 30, decided to start my consulting business because I had been part of so many different things all through my master's and doctorate. I worked full time in the community. Um, I've served on several boards, and I couldn't see myself just going back into one position in academia or serving as an executive director of, a non, of one nonprofit. So my consulting business really created this umbrella through which I can continue my education and training interests. That's what I do at the University of Minnesota. I also do community-based training. 
I do research and evaluation. I continue to have a research agenda. I publish articles. I'm currently working on an application for the NIH with some colleagues at the University of Minnesota. And then I love doing project um, coordination, program management. So I oversee programs. People call me in for short-term programs, um, some longer-term programs when they have some staff turnover. So I really live by that saying variety is the spice of life. And being a consultant, all of my work, whether it's executive director of the Leadership Council on Aging or my faculty appointment at the University of Minnesota, I see it all sitting under the umbrella of my consulting company. It's also really important why I remain a member of the Gerontological Society of America to continue my connection strongly to academics and research. Um, so for people who are really interested in that variety, um, have a high type A personality, maybe have some attention deficit uh, issues like I have, um, being a consultant allows you just so much variety working in the community and in multiple settings with all kinds of amazing people. Oh, that is amazing. So have you had an important mentor in your career? And if so, um, how did your mentor make a difference? So I've had so many mentors over my career, both academically and professionally. Mentors really are the people that are trusted, that I go to and ask questions when I'm making a big decision in my life, when I'm not exactly sure what I um, should do when I'm stuck or when I'm at a fork in the road. And I've had, like I said, both mentors in academia. So these are perhaps more senior faculty members, my advisor, even new faculty bring a, a spice and, and a different role to mentoring than some of the senior faculty members. And professionally, whether it's bosses or colleagues um, or board members, um, I, I really feel that mentors are critical to success in my career and my academics. I am who I am today because of mentors who helped me all along the way. Indeed. Last question, Rajan. Tell us about your involvement in the Gerontological Society of America. So in 1999, I was in my undergrad at St. Scholastica, and I was a Ronald E. McNair scholar. And I did a research, national research project, measuring faculty's knowledge of aging using a facts on aging quiz against their attitudes towards gerontology education. Um, I had great participation across the U.S. And with the support of my faculty mentor at the time, we decided to submit to present my research as a poster at the Gerontological Society of America. That um, 1999 conference was in San Francisco. It was my first time uh, to San Francisco as an adult. And my mentor took me around. I, I certainly fell in love with that beautiful community there. I have been a member of GSA since. So this is my 20th anniversary being a member of GSA. I have attended every one of the conferences since then, including when we hosted the International Association of Gerontology and Geriatrics. Um, I also, through GSA, have had amazing opportunities. I was a Hartford pre-dissertation awardee and then a doctoral fellow. Um, with that work, I connected with researchers and became a co-convener of an interest group. I then joined the SRPP Executive Committee and was a liaison to a board committee. 
And most uh, most recently in my relationship with GSA, I was a health and aging policy fellow several years ago looking at the intersections of public funding and private philanthropy of aging services. So GSA really is my home. I, um, being a person who studies aging, you often find yourself in a minority, especially when you're not at a school that may have a gerontology program, that there are certainly faculty that support you, but not a formal program. And, and that's kind of been my experience in, in some regards over the years. And so it's just nice to have a home where everyone's there talking about aging, whether it's caregiving, dementia, nursing homes, or any of the other uh, issues related to aging and, and opportunities that we have. GSA really provides a home for me, and I encourage any emerging scholars or emerging professionals to get connected with GSA, meet people, ask questions. It really can launch your career. Thank you, Rajan, for sharing your career in aging with us today. Happy to. 